0: As a species are not very good at waiting if you haven't noticed. And if you haven't noticed, might I suggest the next time you're at a stoplight and it goes from green to red, try pausing three seconds and see how patient the people behind you actually are. We don't have to teach our children to be impatient, do we? If, if, if you're wondering if that's true, might I suggest taking a child the age of six or under on a long-distance road trip? <laughs> From your laughter, I'm guessing you too have driven your children to Disney World and back. <laughs> the problem is that we're not good at waiting, but it seems like we're always waiting, aren't we? always seems like we're waiting and waiting and waiting. We're waiting for the right time. We're waiting for tomorrow. We're waiting in waiting rooms. We actually have spaces for this kind of stuff. We're waiting to get there. We're waiting for a bus. We're waiting for a train. We're waiting for a ride. We're waiting in line. Or if you're European, you're waiting in a queue. We're waiting. In the military, you hurry up and wait. Some of you know that. We're waiting for our ship to come in, and, 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 and sometimes we even have to tell people, hey, wait up! Constantly waiting. If you're fans of Mick Jagger and David Bowie, sometimes you're just waiting for a friend. If you like literature, you might be waiting for Godot. And sometimes it's just wait, just wait. Just, okay, wait, wait, okay, wait. Right? Right? It's constantly waiting. And here's the best part. Sometimes when we're talking about waiting, we don't actually use the word wait. We have other words that we use for wait that mean the same thing, right? For instance, uh, there's a delay or a layover, which means wait, right? Almost, it's on hold, not yet, not quite, part's still on order. Hang in there. Love that one. Positive way of saying Wait. We wait for the other shoe to drop. And some of us, I imagine, can hardly wait for the holidays to be over, right? We wait, and we wait, and we wait. And in the process of waiting, we ask ourselves a question. Eventually, we all get to this. Why am I waiting? Or better yet, what am I actually waiting for? Or more profoundly, is all this waiting worth it? Can I be honest about that? Sometimes we just wonder in the waiting, is it all worth it to go through this pro this process of of waiting? So for Advent, which is a fancy way of saying waiting, we've been marking time with these candles, candle of hope, candle of belonging, candle of of healing, and it would have been the candle of forgiveness but We had a nice storm, so you have to forgive us for not having service that day. But we've been marking time, and and we've been waiting. Can I just say, I'm so glad that you're here, and that you've been waiting with us for all of this, because we've been waiting for this night. We've been waiting for the dawn tomorrow, because we've been waiting for Jesus to be born. Throughout history, at least Israel's history, the nation waited to hear from God through people called prophets. They were the mouthpiece of God, and and if God wanted something to be done, he typically spoke through a prophet, and so they waited. And then one day, God was silent. There were no prophets in Israel for 500 years and you thought you had a long wait for whatever it is that you're waiting for. 500 years, there was no prophet in Israel to speak on behalf of God. And in that time, Israel was conquered and occupied by foreign armies more times than most people would care to recollect. And at the time that we're talking about, the Romans were just the last in a long line. And yet all the while, in the back of Israel's collective mind was this promise. In fact, Tim read it to us when we we got started. This promise that there would be a king who was going to be like David, the greatest king Israel ever had. And he would be called a wonderful counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, ah, what would that be like? If you are in an occupied territory, how much would you long for a Prince of Peace? This was in the back of their mind as they're waiting and waiting 500 years. And then finally, something extraordinary happened. Pick up the story in the book of Matthew, an autobiography of Jesus, and it talks about this. And give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us when Joseph woke up he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus so all this while there's this thought in the back of their mind and then prophets are are silent and then a baby arrives, this humble birth with cosmic implications. And in that night, whenever it was, heaven crashed into earth. And most of the earth slept right through it. It's amazing how God can move in in various ways and sometimes we just miss it because he's moving so quietly and so subtly. Easy to miss if we're not looking. But later on, in in another autobiography of Jesus, we or another biography of Jesus, we read that heaven erupted in celebration. In fact, angels came to shepherds. We know this because Linus tells us every year, when we watch Charlie Brown Christmas, right? He says this is what it's all about, Charlie Brown. And so tonight, what we're doing is we're remembering, and we join the angels. Basically, and singing happy Birthday to Jesus it's really easy to to wonder about waiting and every year we get together and we sing and we, we read this story and yeah, we watch it on TV sometimes and and when we do and we remember, we have to, to keep in mind that there's always some type of a divine purpose to all of the waiting, and, and there's a lot of speculation as to why it took 500 years for God to actually send Jesus. There are technological advancements and certain political climates, and the list goes on and on and on, and the bottom line is, is that that's just when God chose to do it, and we get to benefit from it today because of that, but I think that the point to the story is a lot more personal than that. I think the point of the story is that if God who has that kind of purpose to send Jesus on such a grand scale, he's the same God who has a purpose for your life too. And how cool is that? Because it's not just this giant cosmic thing, it is a very real, very personal thing. There's another New Testament writer and he described the coming of Jesus very differently, almost almost poetically. His name is John and and here's what he writes. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. Life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. This baby that we celebrate, this birthday party that we have every single year, this baby invites us to join him to have that same light that burned within him him to burn within each one of us. That each person here adds their light to this expanding light throughout the world to do our part to push back the darkness. There's a lot of that in the world today, isn't there? And yet that's exactly the place that we're called into. Not to be afraid of the darkness, not to go there, but to actually bring light to it. In fact, Jesus at one point says something truly astonishing. He looks at a crowd of people and he says, you, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And in that, he almost said to us, this is my own interpretation, but you are plan A. There is no plan B you are the light of the world the light has come into the world and hopefully we recognize it so I'm going to invite you to um, take your um, led candles aren't these cool take these and um, here's what we're going to do Dan's going to start singing Uh, It's going to lead us in a song. Here's what I I want you to do. I want you to turn it on right away. I'll let you have already then. Go ahead and leave it on. Okay. I want you to listen to the words. We're talking about O Holy Night. When you're ready, light your candle. And let's watch this thing grow. Because this is a beautiful symbol of the kingdom of God. one person touches another person, and the light begins to grow. When Jesus called us the light of the world, he said, a city on a hill cannot be hidden because of the light. So we want to become a city. Lord, I'm just reminded again of the simplicity of the birth and complicated. And I'm so glad, glad for the example and the fact that we can gather together as a family every year and celebrate your birthday and, and be a family like that. And my prayer, Lord, is is that every person that's here would feel as though they worshiped tonight. Lord, I pray that each person here would have a truly blessed day tomorrow, that they would be aware of your presence in some way something that would remind them that you're there with them that you never left them and that you want to be with them and I pray Lord that as we go into the new year that we would be mindful that you're walking right by us you're holding your hand you're carrying us when we need it can have confidence that you'll never leave us or forsake us. So tonight, Lord, we say happy birthday. We say thank you. and We give you this small offering of praise with very grateful hearts. We pray this all together. Everyone who loved Jesus said, Amen. Have a seat.